Are you ready? Say, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. If you're religious, say amen. amen. Okay, we're all the above. So if you're ready, on the count of three, just stand up and let's give God a big, awesome, amazing clap offering. Are you ready? One, two, three. <laughs> Woo! Amen. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right. One more time. Woohoo! Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right. All right. Now I can use Damon's line, be seated if you can. If you would open up your Bibles this morning to Ephesians chapter number 2 and verse number 10. I, I love this verse of scripture and I am saddened that this is the last of the cars series of messages. I, and so as we open up our Bibles to Ephesians chapter number 2 and verse number 10, uh, let's stand as we read God's word. It says, for we are his workmanship. Everybody say, I am, I am. his workmanship. His I, am I am created in Christ Jesus. Created in Christ Jesus. I am Created for good works, for good works. Which, God which God prepared beforehand that I should walk in them. As we continue this series on cars, and this is our last message, we've talked about what make and model are you. We've talked about the gauges you need to watch. We had adrenaline day when Steve Carrier came in and talked about muscle cars. We've talked about a whole myriad of things concerning cars. And last week, we talked about driver's training and keeping it between the lines. And I pray that you've kept it between the lines this week. Today, we're going to talk about getting it in gear. If we're talking about illustrating our life as a car itself, what are cars made to do? They're made to be driven, amen? What are motorcycles made to do? They're made to be driven and do awesome crazy stunts on them here in just a little bit as we'll see if you're a vehicle you are made to get it in gear and go but in the fast-paced life that we live in a lot of us we don't get in the right gear or we're trying to go on, a, on down the wrong way in the wrong direction so today we're going to focus on putting our life in gear putting our life in gear now the first gear I want us to talk about this morning is as we put it in gear is the gear of reverse the gear of reverse. Now, reverse is a great gear, amen? Everybody probably this morning, or the majority of us, the first thing you did when you got in your car is you didn't put it in drive. Most of us, we put our car in reverse the very first thing we do. We back out of the driveway, amen? That's what I do every morning. I don't back in, so the first thing I have to do is put my car in reverse and back out of the driveway. Now, reverse is a great gear. It really is. But the problem is too many believers get stuck in reverse, too many believers, we get in the road of life and we start driving and we know we have to back up to get to where we go, but we put it in reverse, but the problem is we get stuck there. We get stuck in reverse and reverse is not a bad gear, but the only problem is reverse is only used with the intention of moving forward in the future, amen? So if you get stuck in the gear of reverse in your life, the only time you should ever reverse in any part of your life is if it is in the intention of moving forward. And so many Christians, we get in this mindset of life of, oh, we messed up as a believer, oh, we um, ended up getting out of church for a, a week or two weeks, and then we get out of that habit, and then we're out for a month, and before you know it, it's six, eight weeks, and we hadn't been back to church. Well, we get stuck in this gear of reverse, and we end up just driving in reverse most of our life. We put it in a gear that is designed to be in a car for a specific reason. But when we put it in that gear, for some reason, once we start reversing, we don't stop the car to put it in drive to move forward again. I want to challenge you in your Christian walk that if you ever have to reverse, and reverse is not a bad thing, you always reverse with the intention of what? Of moving forward. I want to read to you a verse of scripture right quick out of the book of Revelation, and this is what it says. It says, but I have this against you, 
that you have abandoned your first love that you had. Remember, therefore, where you have fallen, and this is what it says, repent and do the works you did at first. And so the Bible even talks about reverse, and I'm going to equate reverse with repenting. There's a lot of believers who we know we mess up, and I know I've messed up in my life, and I have no problem with repenting. The problem is many believers get in a mindset of repenting, and we never stop repenting. Now, hear, hear the spirit on this. Were you supposed to have a hard repentance? Yes, I know. But the problem is, is when you got to come up to the altar for the same sin every single week and live in an attitude of repentedness because you're not really repenting. Does that make sense? You know, you, you say, oh, God, I messed up this week again with cussing again, right? Because I, I promise God I'm never going to cuss again. But next week you cuss all week long because you get mad. And then we got to go up to the altar for the same thing again and say, God, forgive me because I'm cussing again. Your life's stuck in reverse. Something's got to change. Maybe you're dealing with an addiction. Maybe you're dealing with depression. Maybe you're dealing with uh, some of these issues where you say, oh, God, I need a change in my life. And you come up fully with the heart of repenting, and you repent. But when you leave, you never made the decision that when you left here to put it in drive, and so you back out in reverse. And most Christians, before you leave the altar this morning, I want you to make the decision is I'm putting it in forward. I'm putting it in drive. I'm putting it in gear, and I'm going to move the direction God has called me to move because this is what a lot of believers do. Oh, God, forgive me of my sins. I am so sorry, and you leave. You're still in reverse. The difference, God, I'm so sorry for my sins. Please forgive me. And now, Father, in the name of Jesus, put me in drive and empower me to do your work, to do your things, to go forth in victory, not held back by my past, but looking forward to everything that you have for me. See, most of us don't finish our prayer. Most of us, we pray a prayer of repentance and we get stuck in repent. We don't put it in drive to move forward from the sin that we've committed. See, the Bible says when you're born again, you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone, the new has come. And so that says when you're a new creation after you've repented, it's time to start moving in a positive direction. It's time to start moving. It's time to start getting in gear to get you to where God has called you to be. I want to challenge you as you begin to leave the sanctuary today, make sure your life is in drive. What does that mean? I want you to make sure you have an intention to move forward in your Christian walk today before you leave. I want you to leave here today with the intention of doing more as a believer than you did yesterday. And it's not about how much work you do. It's about seeking God on a new level every single day. Because if we just come here and we get stuck in reverse, then we will always be going backwards as believers. And a lot of people say this, Pastor, I just struggle with the same thing over and over and over and over again. Well, let me tell you what the gospel, the good news is all about. The first four books of the Bible are called the Gospels. It's about Jesus. Jesus is about the good news, the good news of Jesus Christ. Do you notice when Jesus comes on the scene, he doesn't worry about all the do nots as much as he worries about making sure you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. If you ever read the Gospels in the light of Christ, God is not worried about the do nots anymore. Jesus came, he fulfilled the law. Yes, we still keep it and abide by it because that's what we do because we live righteously. But what Jesus came to do is he came to put you in gear to move forward. And I find this to be the case. If you'll focus as much, as, as much of your life on doing and moving forward, you won't have time to worry about messing up with the do nots. See, a lot of people getting this stuck in this rut in life. Pastor, I do not know how to, how, how to just kick this habit. Well, if you would concern yourself with doing the work of the gospel, going out, being a part of things that God's called you to do, you won't have a lot of times to worry about the do nots. Do, do we understand that? If you find yourself doing God's work all the time, you really don't have time 
to go and do the things that you used to do that keep your life stuck in sin, correct? If you find yourself at church all the time hanging out with godly people in an environment of faith, you really don't have time to hang out with the people you used to hang out with that drug you down. <laughs> Amen. I'm talking about getting it in here. And so you who have been so worried about the do nots in your life, I'm not so concerned with the do nots. I'm concerned with getting you doing the doing, getting you concerned with living the life, getting you concerned with what do I do to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ today? See, a lot of people are thinking, wow, you guys got a lot of activities going on today. And yes, we do. But we're so busy doing the work of God with all this stuff, we really don't have time to worry about what we're not doing. I want you in your life to understand this. Do not get stuck in reverse. The best way to get out of reverse is start doing something for the gospel's sake. Some of you in your marriage, you're stuck in reverse. We'll start praying together as a couple. Instead of sitting on the couch on opposite couches watching a TV show, scrolling through Facebook all the time, turn off the TV for 10 minutes and pray together. Can you tell what my home life is like? <laughs> turn off the TV and pray together. Start doing something progressive because by automatically doing something progressive, you're not gonna be stuck in reverse. The biggest thing Christians get stuck in is the gear of reverse. Our goal as the Way Bible Church is to be a church that is a lighthouse to this region. We cannot be stuck in reverse, baby. It's time that we put it in gear and get it going. And so now that we're out of reverse, everybody say, I am moving forward with my life. What gear do you got to put it in? What gear? What gear? You got to put it in drive. You've got to begin to put your life in drive. And listen, you are the one who puts your life in drive. A lot of Christians in here pray, oh God, do a movement in my life and move me to the place where you want to be. No, God says get up off your hiney, put it in drive, and you start moving in the direction towards me and I'll direct you where you need to go. Now listen, some of y'all are like, I don't like that so much. Your Christian walk is about you obediently seeking God and walking towards him. I want to challenge you this morning to put your life in drive. Put it in the gear of moving forward. Now listen, drive is the gear that we should spend most of our life in. Now remember when you left the house this morning, how long did you stay in the gear of reverse? Literally about 10 seconds, correct? Like if I counted 10 seconds, it's probably a long time. It's more like five seconds. And so literally, if we stay in the gear of reverse for about five to 10 seconds, but we put it in drive, and yet we drive 15 to 20 minutes to get to a destination. Moving forward, what gear are you supposed to spend most of your life in? It is the gear of drive. It is the gear best equipped, listen to this, to get you to your destination, to get you to where you're supposed to be in life. This is why I am so big on getting you out of reverse this morning, getting you in drive, because when I get you in drive, you are now equipped to reach your destination. And so when we put our car in drive, a couple things begin to take place. Have you ever tried to steer your car when it's in park? You know, you did it as a kid and the car's in park and you're just sitting there trying to steer it. Do you realize how hard it is to steer a car when there is no motion? When a car is not in motion, it's not supposed to be steered. It's in park. And so many of you are wanting God's direction for your life, and you're not even in drive. You're not even in the gear that's best equipped to get you to where you're supposed to be. And it's not until you get it in drive and then begin to push the gas does steering become easy. 
I want, to re- I want to read this verse of scripture to you to illustrate my point. The Bible talks about Abraham in Genesis 12. It says, now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred to your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make a great nation of you and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and to him who dishonors you I will curse and you and all the families of the earth will be blessed. Now listen to the first verse of that scripture and this is what it says. Go from your country and your kindred to your father's house and from your father's house to a land I will show you. He had no clue where he was going. God didn't say go to this place over here. Go to the land of Israel. God told Abraham stand up in your life take you and your family leave where you're at and once you begin moving then I'll show you where you're supposed to be going. We don't want that as believers. This is what we want as believers. Lord God, show me the call of God on my life. God, I'm praying, I'm waiting, I'm seeking. God, I'm listening. God, show me something, I'm here. God, I'm getting mad because I'm not hearing you. God, where are you? I'm asking you, God. Don't don't we pray like that? When God says, get up, go from the land, I'll show you. Go from the land where you're at to a place I will show you. See, God's just wanting movement out of you first. See, a lot of you don't want to come to the altar and pray until you know the result before you leave your seat. But you're not going to get the result until you come to the altar and pray. So when you come to the altar and pray and you begin to have movement, God begins to move and begins to steer and begins to guide and begins to direct. It's the same thing. People ask me all the time, Joel, how do I know what I'm called to do in life? I don't know what you're called to do in life. I do know this. You have the ability to do good works right now as a believer. Amen? You have the ability when you go sit down at a restaurant tonight to eat, when your waiter or waitress comes up, to not just be rude to them, right? But you can say, hey, how can I pray for you today? Because we are fixing to pray over our meal. And, right, when you go out to eat in public, you should pray over your meal. Amen. Yes, church, we do this. (laughs) Some of y'all are like, I don't do that because I'm embarrassed. Okay, here's what, get motion going, okay? Let's start rolling in this, okay? And then when your waiter or waitress comes up and says, hey, we're about to pray over our meal, what can I pray for you about? First of all, their jaw's gonna drop. Their face is gonna turn a little pale. They're gonna be like, um, 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 um. That, that's okay. I'm not worried about their response. I'm worried about getting you in motion. See, if you'll be faithful praying for the people God automatically brings in your life, he may bless you with the gift of intercessory prayer. <laughs> if you'll be faithful to tell people about Jesus with just the ones who you come in contact with and get motion going, God may give you the ability to preach and teach because you're using what he's already given you. See, I'm not so concerned about your final destination. I'm concerned about getting you in motion. And once you get in motion, God can begin to steer that wheel. God can, get, can begin to get you to where you're called to be. The problem is Christians do not even want to put the key in the ignition, much less leave the house until they have it all mapped out planned out and this is where God called me to be now listen when I started my journey of faith starting a church and and I knew the vision and things God had given me I didn't know what it would entail God just said start moving and I'll grow it as we go along I'll do the things I promised you as we go along but Joel you got to get movement first and so we had to get some movement taking place so steering becomes easy when movement is taking place also listen to this How many of y'all like being stuck in first gear? Okay, I like to drive fast. (laughs) That's why my wife will not get me one of these. We've had many conversations about things like this that she says no to. (laughs) And I don't think she's hearing from God very well. (laughs) But, because honey, I would look good on this motorcycle. I I would look good on this motorcycle. If I come up with the money, really? Yeah, that's always been there. If you can come up with all the money. But the problem is I bring the money home and she's got it allocated somewhere else. How many of you like first gear? 
No, when you're going down the interstate, you cannot be in first gear. You're going to burn up your transmission. See, a lot of people want to get to the gear of overdrive, but you ain't even got out of first gear. See, until motion begins to take place, the car can't go from first gear to second gear, from second gear to third gear, from third gear to fourth gear, from fourth gear to overdrive. The problem is a lot of believers want to go from nothing into overdrive, and that's not the process. If you have ever drove a car that is not an automatic, but it is a standard where you have to push in the clutch and shift, you know what I'm talking about? If you've ever drove one of them, you realize that you can go, you can probably start out in second a lot of times. You cannot start out in overdrive. You'll kill it. I've tried it. I mean, I would get the gas revved up as high as I could. I'd put it in overdrive, and it would die. Yes, I'm tough on vehicles. I really am. And the car, <coughs> and the car would die. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to realize we've got to get motion started first in the church. We've got to get movement started first in the church. All this stuff we're doing today, it's creating movement. It's creating motion. And now that we're moving as a church, God can steer and direct us. When he can steer, steer and direct us, he can then get us from first gear to second gear, from second gear to third gear, from third gear to fourth gear, from fourth gear to overdrive. And then we can get to the destination that he's called us to be in. It's the same thing in your personal life. I don't want you stuck in first gear. As much as I want to get you out of reverse and get you forward motion going, even more so than that, I want to get you out of first gear. I want to get you moving at the speed that God wants you to move at. Nothing can happen until you put that baby in drive. Nothing can happen until you put it in motion and begin to go. And then they created something called the man's gear. It's called four-wheel drive. I don't know very many ladies who just get pumped up about four-wheel drive in, in, in a vehicle. But I know a bunch of guys that when they go looking at a truck, and since we're in Texas, we like trucks. We got a couple big trucks out there. Well, what's one thing we ask? Does it have four-wheel drive? The wife always says, but honey, you'll never use it, but I like it. <laughs> but I want it. Why? Because they're fun. Okay, four-wheel drive wasn't created for fun, okay? It's created to get you out of crises. But guys, we don't want it for the crisis. We could care less about that. If we use it for a crisis, good. We just want a rainy day with good tread on our tires and an awesome four-wheel drive vehicle that we can go through some mud, right? Listen, even on our four-wheelers, we want what? We want four-wheel drive. We want to put it in four. Why? Because we know where we're fixing to drive this thing. We know, and women, this is what women do. They're like, no, you can't have four-wheel drive because they know where we're fixing to drive this thing. <laughs> they know what we're fixing to do when what Jeep has four-wheel drive in it. And your friends let you go to the Red River. Amen. And my wife doesn't know that story. <laughs> and when there's four-wheel drive, this is what happens. We usually use four-wheel drive for times of fun. But if we're not careful, four-wheel drive will get us stuck. Four-wheel drive will get you stuck. Now listen, many of you in your Christian walk, we get so wrapped up in the fun that sometimes we miss the purpose. The whole purpose of being here this morning is not everything we're about to do. The whole purpose of being here this morning is for what we're doing right now. And it's letting people get a life-changing transformation from Jesus Christ. I believe you're supposed to have fun with church, at church, in church, and church is always fun. But listen, if you get focused on the fun, you're gonna get stuck. I wanna phrase it like this. Many times in worship, if you get focused on always having an emotional movement, you're gonna get stuck because one Sunday's gonna happen and you weren't moved emotionally and you're gonna get stuck and say, well, I just didn't like worship. You're stuck because you're missing the point. Some of you, you'll get emotionally moved by some of my messages and the day I don't come and get red-faced and start sweating, you're like, well, Joel, something's wrong with him. No, you're too used to the fun and too much fun can get you stuck. God wants us to have fun and enjoy being a Christian but not at the fact of missing him. 
Also, four-wheel drive was created for the moments we weren't expecting. How many of you have ever just gotten stuck because you pulled off the road and you didn't realize how wet it was and you got stuck? I'll tell you a story. One time I was doing a wedding and I left right, uh, right before the reception and I was walking down the, the long driveway to get to my, my vehicle at the time and it was a truck and then this girl was out there with three kids and, and they were packing up and leaving. She said, hey, can you help me? I'm stuck. And I said, yeah, sure. So I'm out here in a black suit and shirt, dressed really nice, and sure enough, she's stuck. And so I said, well, how, how, what all have you tried? She said, well, I put it in reverse, and I'm just spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning, and it, sure enough, it wasn't moving. She said, would you try it? And I'm like, yeah. And so finally, I got under there, and we hooked the chain to it and everything, and then I got in. I said, here's what I need you to do. Right when I start pulling, I need you to put it in reverse and start going. And then I looked at her um, steering column, and there was a button that said four-wheel drive. Yeah, the true story. I'm not lying. And I said, you have four-wheel drive? Oh, yes, I do have that. Remember, I'm a preacher, and she knows I'm a preacher. I just did a wedding. And my face is red because now I'm in a nice suit and and had my sleeves rolled up and my jackets, and I got mud in my hands because you're trying to hook a chain to it. And I said, well, let's try four-wheel drive first. And she said, well, how do I do it? And I said, you have push button four-wheel drive. Push the button and then put it in reverse and don't just gun it because you're going to throw mud everywhere and then let's see if it will work. So sure enough, she pushes the four-wheel drive button. She puts it in reverse, vroom, backed right on out onto the street and she's like, oh, thank you so much. She closed the door, took off with her kids and I'm standing here a muddy mess. And I'm sitting here thinking, really? Did this just happen? And I got to thinking, How many people in our Christian walk were stuck and we don't realize we have four-wheel drive? We don't realize we have endued power from on high that when we're in our everyday life and we end up getting off the road and we get stuck in a rut and we get stuck in the ditch that the Holy Spirit is there to help us and he is push-button four-wheel drive, man. You don't gotta get out and do anything manual. You just call upon the name of the Lord your God and God will get you out of situations. I wanna encourage you Use four-wheel drive when it's in your life. Put all four wheels in gear. A lot of Christians, we are in tough places in our life. Financially, you may be in a tough place. In your marriage, you may be in a tough place. With your kids, you may be in a tough place. With your in-laws or your outlaws or whatever laws you want to call them, you may be in a tough place. When is the last time you said this concerning your situation? Holy Spirit, tell me what to say and do right now. See, we don't use push-button four-wheel drive. We don't use it. You know what the Holy Spirit tells me a lot of times? Joel, shut up. Joel, don't say it, Joel. Joel, do not say it. And then I say it, and he's like, told you. We got push-button four-wheel drive. We got a gear on the inside of us that many of us never tap into, especially when we get in times of trouble. I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you in your Christian walk. As you get on the road of life, as you get out of reverse, as you put it in drive, as you start moving forward, there are going to be times when incidental things happen, where we end up getting stuck, where we get stuck, where we get put in places that we weren't ready for. We get put in unpredictable situations. God says, call on me, and I will show you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. You don't know how you're getting out of this financial bind. God says, call on me. You don't know how your marriage is going to work. God says, call on me. You don't know how your kids are going to turn out. God says, call on me. I'm going to show you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. Listen, the job of the Holy Spirit is this. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is to be your comforter, and he will tell you things to come. God says, call on him, and God will show us great and unsearchable things that we do not know. Instead of crying out to God and say, oh, God, save me, Why don't we say, oh God, show me. Show me what you want me to do with this extra gear called four-wheel drive. Show me what you want me to do. 
I wanna challenge you in your life today. What position are you in, first of all? Are you in reverse? Are you in drive? Are you in four-wheel drive? Or are you stuck and you need to start using four-wheel drive? Whatever the situation that you're in, I wanna ask you this morning, is there motion? Are you moving forward in your life? If you're not moving forward, maybe you need to put it in reverse just for a minute. Put it in reverse and back up just for a minute so you can get back on the road of life and put it in drive. Maybe you're in a place where you gotta call on God this morning because if God doesn't touch you immediately, you're not gonna be here tomorrow. You need a touch from God in your life. What is your situation this morning? Because listen, if we're gonna shine brighter, if we're gonna shine farther, if we're gonna accomplish everything God's called us to accomplish as a church in this, in this year and in the upcoming year, which is gonna be a great and exciting year, we've gotta get forward motion going with the church. Not just us as the people in here in the Way Bible Church. I want us to get moving together in unity as the Spirit of God begins to do mighty things in us. I want us to find when, we're find, when we're driving down our road, if we find somebody stuck in the ditch, help them with your four-wheel drive. Pull them on out. Let's get them to where they're called to be. 